Welcome to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. The Ray is a nonprofit clean energy innovator using leading technology to respond to the changing climate. When Executive Director Ali Kelly was last featured on our podcast, she talked about the potential of accelerating the energy transition by transforming vacant public lands into solar developments. In a recent talk at the Esri User Conference, before an audience of data scientists, geographers, and innovators, she called attention to real-world ways we can accelerate development and distribution of renewable energy. Let me tell you a little bit more about our ideas. So we are inspired by Ray Anderson, the founder and CEO of Interface Carpet Company. Ray spawned a global movement when he announced in 1994 that his Atlanta-based carpet company would go zero carbon. (laughs) We're we're almost in 2024 and we talk about carbon every day, but I try to imagine 1994 and going zero carbon in Atlanta with a carpet company. He was also the first to set a zero waste to landfill goal. And in this evolution where Ray was a titan of industry and became the greenest industrialist in the century. He was sparking a movement around corporate sustainability and around the circular economy. In Ray's home state on a rural stretch of interstate that was named in his honor, the Ray has built a test bed of infrastructure projects with Georgia DOT that are moving transportation to zero, net zero. Zero death, zero carbon, and zero waste. And in less than eight years, we have completed more than one dozen projects on and along the Racy Anderson Memorial Highway. And we scale those projects through national partnerships with 51 agencies now in 29 states. So we're building, we're helping agencies to do hard things in more than half of the country, and yeah, in some places you wouldn't expect. But one of the most pressing and complex challenges of our day with epic implications is building out the U.S. power grid. In this country today, where you live, did you know that two terawatts of solar, wind, and energy storage projects are stranded. They're paralyzed. They're on an island, and they are not able to move forward. Now understand this, they're planned, they're funded, they're approved, but they are not able to move forward because they can't interconnect to the grid. Two terawatts, Let's do the math. That's 2,000 gigawatts of clean energy projects. That's thousands and thousands of projects that are right now on hold because the U.S. power grid isn't able to handle the increase in energy production. All of these projects must connect to the grid to get that clean energy from where it's generated vast solar arrays, wind farms, offshore, 
to where the power is used, where people live and where people thrive. So in the United States, our 100% clean energy goal by 2035 requires 1,100 gigawatts of solar and wind. We have 2,000 gigawatts of solar, wind, and energy storage ready today to interconnect. And I'm gonna be generous. Let's take the energy storage out of the 2,000 gigawatts. Even then, we have enough solar and wind projects in queue today to take the U.S. grid to more than 80% clean by 2030, which is five years ahead of our national goal. And it's ironic. At the same time that the federal government is incentivizing, we're subsidizing, we're partnering, we're supporting clean energy projects to transition away from fossil fuels. And don't forget, we're electrifying everything. Electric vehicles, electric stoves, electric heat pumps, electric tractor trailers, big electric freight vehicles. This is the exact time, this time of dependence is the exact time that the number of new transmission development projects is falling in this country. In fact, new transmission deployments have fallen from an annual average of 2,000 miles during 2012 to 2016 per year to 700 miles a year from 2017 to 2021. That's shocking. It's the exact time that we need to grow the grid. We're bringing forward the electric vehicles and the heat pumps. We are accelerating the renewable energy projects, but we forgot the first work. We're not building out the grid. The bottom line is that we've got to go the other way. We need transmission development to keep up with energy development and with energy demand. And I'm gonna tell you, the transmission needs to be high voltage. It needs to be high voltage DC to get clean energy from where it's generated to used. And it needs to be resilient. It needs to be buried. And I probably don't need to spend a lot of time telling you why we need to pay more to bury the transmission. I will just go through the last three years of winter bomb cyclones, extreme heat waves, catastrophic hurricanes, all of those reasons for investing in burying the infrastructure, you know, because you've survived the last three years. Now, what I probably do need to tell you about is the peach milkshake that Chick-fil-A only sells in the summertime. Here's the deal with the peach milkshake. It doesn't matter how hungry you are, it doesn't matter how supersized the milkshake is. Sometimes the peach chunks are too big to get through the straw, and the straw is just too small, and that is the U.S. power grid. The straw is too small. We're hungry, and we have a ton of energy waiting to get on the grid, but the straw is too small. In fact, Canary Media has said 
that the grid may be the weakest link in the chain connecting the United States to our clean energy future. And the, one of the biggest parts of that challenge is how to cite the lines without disrespecting landowner rights, limiting environmental damage, and how to speed up the construction process, permits. So there is some good news. The public's lands on the roadsides of the interstate and highway system are vast, and they are ours. We call the right-of-way the public's land that the public forgot. It's de-conflicted. There's no eminent domain. There's no court challenges. There are no public health concerns. There are no community protests. No one's chaining themselves to a right-of-way fence. In fact, the right-of-way might be the fastest, the least expensive pathway to a decarbonized, resilient, and robust power grid. During the Obama administration, the National Renewable Energy Lab modeled a national grid. They called it a macro grid. And it's based on this idea of mending or sewing together the seams of the seven independent power grids. One scenario of this so-called seam study almost exactly overlaps with the interstate system of roadside land. And that got us thinking. In 2021, we began working with Minnesota's DOT to prove out the feasibility of burying high voltage transmission and distribution lines in the interstate right-of-way. That same year, the Federal Highway Administration issued formal guidance that established right-of-way transmission as a priority project for the interstate and highway roadsides. Now we know where this work has to be done. All the details, all the requirements, the situational awareness, the foresight, all of that is packed into this tool, and all of it is absolutely necessary for transportation agencies it's what they need to build confidence in moving forward. And we need to move forward. I want to tell you one more thing. This is just the beginning. Okay, we have a lot of work to do. It's hard work. We have to do it fast. But I'm here to convince you that it is the right work for this moment. And I'm going to ask you to do something hard yourself. I'm going to ask you to, to walk and chew gum at the same time to build renewable energy generation and build transmission, to support electrification of transportation and build transmission. We have to do both and in this country, and we need to move quickly on all fronts. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Esri and the Science of Our podcast. And thanks to Ali Kelly for highlighting powerful pathways for action in response to the clean energy imperative. If you like this episode, please share it with a colleague.